Hi, this is Lisa from Convergence, a creative community of faith in Alexandria, Virginia. Welcome to the Verge Now podcast, episode one. We're so excited to be launching our brand new website, Verge Now, which is a resource for creative and innovative ministry leaders. It's been our privilege really to experiment for the last 12 years at the intersection of art, faith, and the human experience. And we're at a place where we've started to connect with other people who are thinking really creatively about how to do ministry and curious about how to integrate the arts into the life of the church. And they're asking us questions about, you know, what we've experienced, what we've learned, the mistakes we've made, and, and the things that we're, we're happy with. And so this is our attempt to offer some encouragement and inspiration and just share our story that hopefully it would be useful and, and, and meaningful and helpful in encouraging others in their stories. So we've decided for our first podcast, the way the first couple of episodes, what we'd like to do is tell our story. So uh, we're going to start with this episode will be a little bit about my story personally and how I came to Convergence and where this whole thing developed and then we'll talk in the next episode um, a little bit more about what Convergence is and what we particularly try to do within our context. And then the next episode, we'll talk a little bit about the bigger why, the bigger cultural issues, the bigger issues facing the church today, and how the questions that we've been exploring and the kinds of things that, that we're doing speak into that what we're learning, what we're curious about, and what we hope other people will get curious about too. So welcome to Verge Now. Our story began in 2007. I was just graduating from seminary and the trustees of a a congregation in Alexandria, Virginia, a Baptist church that had been around for about 60 years was in the process of dying, basically. And they decided to go through what's known as a restart, which is basically where a church that's reached the end of its life cycle um, basically decides to, to plant a church, a new church within the existing soil. So they gave us the restart, uh, the resources of the the building and a little bit of money and uh, the permission, basically, to be able to create something new. So that's where I stepped in. They were looking for something different. I think the trustees were interested in kind of, I don't know, I think they thought that it was going to fail anyway. So they figured they might as well fail big. And so they were looking for something experimental that probably wouldn't work. Um, I think there were other people lined up to to get the resources to do something else. But I had been in seminary um, exploring that intersection of art and faith, and I had been doing some consulting with local churches, and I had started a theater company, and I was looking to do um, kind of my own exploration of what it would look like to do church almost through theater. So they approached me to come up with, just basically asked, what would you do if you had this church? If you if you had this space and these resources, what would you do? And so I put together a, 
a proposal for uh, basically an arts resource center. So uh, a, a space that would be a resource to the local artistic community. And uh, one of those resources would be a church as that would develop. So um, so that's how we began. But I, you know, I think it's helpful to understand our story, to understand my story a little bit, because really convergence is literally the convergence of all the different stories of the people who have come over the years and come into the space, offered what they had to offer, um, and grown and developed in whatever way that we each needed to grow and develop in this space. And also, my story helps to, to highlight the fact that this was a community that was built by artists. So there is something particular about uh, somebody with a different skill set, different set of training, a different way of looking at things, coming into this world of church with new eyes, new perspective, and maybe addressing and exploring the challenges from a different viewpoint. And I think that this is what's really valuable about encouraging creative people and imaginative people within a congregation is that it allows for uh, a much richer um, engagement of the, the issues and the challenges within the congregation, but also culturally. So I am somebody who never in a million years intended to be a pastor. That was not on the radar. In fact, when I graduated from seminary, the only thing that I knew was that I was probably not going to work at a church um, because I had worked in churches before. I, I had worked with great people who had allowed me freedom to try things, to do theater stuff, to do creative worship and ministry, but had kind of come to the point of realizing I, I don't think I would want to work in a church because I don't want to frustrate the people I'm working with, and I also don't want to be frustrated by uh, the kind of the structures and and the limitations that I would have. So I had, you know, thought I would continue in theater. Uh, so that was a surprise to me <laughs> to end up in this role. But I'm somebody who, since I was eight years old, knew that I wanted to be an actor. For me, honestly, it felt like a calling. I, I felt like I had been given this permission, this promise by God that that's something that I would do, which is kind of weird at eight years old. It's not like I heard some voice from on high saying that this was what you would do. But I was just, I was curious and, and I, um, I wanted to be everything. I wanted to be an astronaut and a photographer and a writer and an adventurer and, you know, like all kids. And I, I just at some point I thought, you know, if I was, this is all in movies and TV shows, if I were an actor, I'd get to live out all those kinds of lives. And I think that that sense of um, having empathy towards other people and other people's stories and curiosity about kind of how people function and um, and, and, and wanting to, to kind of connect with people on a deeper level has just always been a part of who I am. And acting is a wonderful outlet for that kind of um, connection and embodiment. So that's what I wanted to do. Um, and I... I um, went to school, went to Carnegie Mellon University for acting, studied theater, and um, moved to Los Angeles to pursue that with, you know, half of my classmates, the other half went to New York. And um, as I was there starting my career, 
I kind of had hit this place where I was trying to, you know, you're in your 20s, you're trying to figure out what am I doing with my life and and things just weren't kind of adding up for me. And I hit this place, uh, I was taking a class actually on marketing, where one of the challenges was to come up with your mission statement. And I felt like at that point, I knew it had to have something to do with the arts, and it had to have something to do with God. And I didn't know where that, where those two things went together. Because for me, those two worlds were separate. They were entirely and completely separate at that point in my life. I mean, I had grown up, I had a really cool childhood. We lived in Saudi Arabia when I was in elementary school. Um, I've had all kinds of different church experiences. I think when we were very little, we went to a Presbyterian church in uh, Saudi. You know, church took on a very exciting life for me because it was illegal to meet as a Christian community. So we would meet in different people's houses once a week, and it would change. You would meet it, you know, never in the same place twice. And there was no, um, like, directory, no list of who was a member, because if that list fell, fell into the wrong hands, then everybody could be deported or sent to jail. So for me as a kid, church was really cool, because it was like, you know, rebellious kind of thing almost. But we met in people's houses, and we did, you know, it's kind of like that house church kind of thing with uh you know, the guitar and singing the songs and the Bible study that different people led. Um, but also at the same time, when I would go home, we would come back to the States. I I would have the experience of being at of each of my grandparents' country churches, you know, the old, old churches that are just made of wood and smell like, you know, years and years of unair-conditioned, humid summers, you know. And so... Having had that experience, then coming back to the States and going to, you know, a mainline kind of evangelical traditional church, I had a variety of experiences in my head as to what church looked like. I had a variety of experiences as to what the world looked like, and I personally had been formed, I think, a lot by my experiences of art and culture around the world, of viewing that, also of movies and TV and that kind of thing. And uh, all of these things kind of came together in my uh, love for theater. But when I was in high school, I was very, very active in the theater department, and we were very, very active in our church and our youth group. But that was where the tension for me really uh, kind of came to a head because I felt so at home and uh, there was a part of me, like I described, that was, that was fully alive and present, me being who I was meant to be when I was in the theater, when I was on stage, when I was in rehearsals, when I was with those people. It was a sense of community um, and, and about, being some, about being about something greater than just yourself in, in launching this performance or, um, you know, kind of uncovering this together and just a sense of camaraderie. But the Christian part of me was certainly not welcome, or at least was, you know, that was something that was made fun of or um, just not something that I felt really comfortable sharing. And at the same time in my church, um, 
I just felt that everything that a lot of my friends were about was just wrong. And we were encouraged to bring people to church, you know, evangelize, evangelize, and bring people to church. And every Sunday I would sit there as I was listening to the preacher and think, oh, God, thank God that I did not bring my friends to church this Sunday because they would not understand what's being said and feel condemned by it. So I felt this real sense of like, I'm supposed to be this thing, but I'm also supposed to be this thing. And neither of those two things go together. I don't know how to connect with my friends around my faith, but my connection with God and my faith is very strong and ingrained in me and not necessarily lining up with whatever my current experience of church is. So it was confusing. And I'm one of those kids who, you know, grew up in a great Christian family, went to youth group, did all that kind of stuff, but also, you know, had my share of trouble in high school and, uh, you know kind of making mistakes and uh, losing my way to a certain degree and that kind of stuff. So by the time I was in college, I was really confused about um, what I was supposed to be about. But I think in studying theater, I found uh, this world that really is for a lot of playwrights, for a lot of um, artists about making sense of the world in really interesting ways and, and paying attention to individual and unique stories and highlighting those and having experiences with other people that are foreign to you, that you haven't had together as, a, as an audience, but in a, in a non-threatening kind of way, where I really have seen how that kind of experience can change the way that somebody engages another person, engages the world, thinks about things, and it was so powerful. So when I got out of school and moved to, to LA, um, and I have this theater degree, and I'm really excited about the, that kind of work and what I can do. And you go to L.A., and then, you know, the opportunities available for a young 20-something girl, you know, with large breasts are not all that exciting or weren't exciting to me. You know, every other audition was like, okay, this is a great audition. The next one, come in and, you know, in a bikini. And I never, I never could get to that part. I just couldn't, that was not what I was about. And it was very frustrating to have this, um, this skill set and this tool set and, and this desire to do this thing and it, the work itself be meaning, meaningless to me. So that's is where I was, as I was taking this class and thinking about a mission statement, I just, I really felt, I was starting to really feel that call that pull towards something greater. And so I remembered actually uh, uh, a long story, but I, I, I found a brochure for a, a theater company called the Covenant Players. Um, it was a Christian theater company I had seen in high school. They had stopped through our church and um, I contacted them and it was a series of one thing after another. They were uh, they just happened to have their offices down the street from where I was living. The right person just happened to answer the phone. They just happened to be having a meeting that week. You know, all these just happened, just happened. But it was this this illuminating experience for me. I went to one of their rehearsals, and it was the very first time I'd ever seen Christians who were actors doing a play that was all of the above, it was actually good theater, they were actually good actors, and they were actually Christians. So it was 
I had never seen that before. It's something beyond just skits that you do to illustrate a point in church or something like that. Um, it was really thoughtful and and meaningful kinds of things. And it just felt like they were created for me, that this was what I was meant to do. And so I, you know, I struggled. I, I, I wrestled with it for a little while. The initial commitment was 18 months. So I thought, okay, this is like an offering. I'll, I'll you know, of, of sort of tithing. I've had this great uh, training and experience. I'll go off for 18 months and do this uh, this this theater stuff, and then I'll come back to LA and you know I'll have that worked out of my system, and I'll go on and pursue this career that was all I ever wanted to do was to be in in movies and and um, be in Hollywood, that kind of thing. So I joined the theater company, and four years later, um, started a whole whole new life. But uh, with this theater company, I we traveled in groups of four people all over the United States and even in, in uh, parts of Europe and Africa. I was in, on the east and west coast and then in Sweden for a year. But that experience of being on the road doing performances in churches and nursing homes and prisons and schools was was transformative for me. Because I re- like I remember w- in the first tour, one of the performances was um, I remember coming off stage and kind of being really upset with myself, kind of beating myself up, feeling like I didn't do a really good job on stage, that that performance wasn't very good. And so I was beating myself up. And I remember my director telling me, you don't you can't do this right now because we always had to go out front and talk to the audience. Immediately after the play was over, each time we had to go and talk to the audience. That that was part of the ministry was to provide us basically being an audience to hear their responses and to interact with them and how they reacted and interacted with the play. And having to get myself out of the way to then be there for somebody else I saw that frequently in these performances where maybe I didn't think it went as well as I wanted it to or I forgot a line or something, I would always have somebody come up and say, that character or that play is exactly where I am right now or that's what I feel like God is saying to me or I never thought about that before. I should try. I'm going to try that. Or, you know, this has given me hope because I was in this really, really bad place. And I started to see that my role as an actor could be about far more than me um, or doing a good job, but that I was serving as a conduit for something that God had to say to somebody else through this play. And so I experienced this opportunity on stage to be able to to pray and, and ask for the Holy Spirit to sort of fill me and allow me to embody this in a way that that uh, this is providing um, scripture and providing uh, experiences with God through a very non-threatening, almost kind of surprising way. It catches people off guard. So this was transformative for me as an actor, as a performer, because it helped me to see what I do in a very different way. Um, being that conduit as opposed to the center piece of what I'm doing, and and also to see acting as as truth telling and as a as an important uh, role that is for somebody else and not just for myself, not just about self expression, and then also to see the power of um, 
the Bible or biblical truths or Christian living um, in these surprising ways, in these artistic ways, get behind and underneath people's um, presuppositions and their biases and their walls and, you know, they're crying or they're laughing and they weren't expecting that because of, of this thing. And then finally, for me personally, I felt like I went through a process of discipleship through the plays. So these plays, you know, in a play or a movie or whatever, characters always take a journey. Well, these were all about people taking journeys of one sort or another in different parts of their faith lives. And so for me, you know, there's one play with a, a young person who's walking in the woods, lost, meets this person. It's called Anybody Knows Anybody Know the Way, kind of working out which path am I going to take, what's... Um, you know, what are my choices is perfect for somebody in their 20s. And to, to do this character night after night for years, uh, sort of something happens by embodying, by practicing, by just kind of doing that. My thinking, my openness to what God might be doing in my life changed. So through art making itself, I feel like I was exposed to a different kind of, of spiritual formation or different kind of discipleship. So all of these things I'm bringing to my exploration of theology and what church is like. So fast forward through all of that after Covenant, Covenant Players is finished for me four years, uh, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know whether I'm going to go back to LA and pursue this plan that I had of um, you know creating a career, but somehow it just doesn't feel like that would be satisfying enough or what so I end up back uh, where my parents live and um, in the same town and there was a, a seminary that was starting and uh, they were connected to the church I was going to at the time actually I was working there at the time and I don't know. I I've decided to take a class. I took one class because I felt like it would be interesting, and I had questions, and um, I didn't wasn't satisfied with Sunday school or what was being offered in the church. I wanted to go deeper, and so I took one class just for myself. And one class ended up in a degree um, because in that space I was they were very encouraging, and I was allowed to really explore this connection between theology and the arts. And one thing that I found very quickly was that my training as an actor, as a director, was allowing me to understand and approach things maybe in a more ready way than some of my classmates, but certainly from a different perspective. So things like hermeneutics and exegesis were very easy for me because I'm coming from a text-based um, background with Shakespeare um, you know, which is all about the text and going to the text and the answers are in the text. And but also from a sense of understanding that something can be true without being literally true or there are multiple ways of looking at what's true. You know, a story is true. What the story is trying to convey is true, regardless of whether there are variations in facts and that kind of stuff, like the variations between the Gospels. Um, so. Also, things like uh, community and um, what church might look like and mission, all of these things were very familiar. And so I actually, I, I pulled together a couple of other people who were in seminary at the same time who were also artists. There was a, a harpist, a uh, visual artist, 
and an architect. And I sat them all down one day and I said, this is the experience I'm having in my classes. Are you having the same experience too? And they all said yes from different perspectives. So the visual artist is bringing this ability to see in a particular way and this level of attention. Uh, you know, the, the architect is thinking about the structure of how things are created and how environment connects with that, as well as just kind of the structure of community building. And I started to think, like these are these are skills being brought from other fields, from other life experiences that when applied in this way are really kind of shaking loose some new ways uh, of thinking about things that could be really beneficial to the church at large. Because as I was in, in seminary, as I was starting to experiment um, with creative stuff in churches and starting to talk to pastors, at that point, people were pastors were starting to come to me to say, I know that I need to be creative in my ministry. I need to be more creative in my ministry because the challenging challenges that we're facing are require that. But I don't know how. I don't know where to begin. I don't know where to begin moving my congregation in that direction. I don't know where to introduce something like this for the first time. So on one hand, you've got these churches seeing, you know, this is 2007. So um, there's a, you know, the church is kind of recognizing how much of a shift has happened culturally and uh, that it's not as effective and people aren't, aren't connecting as well as they used to and, and trying to find new ways of connecting to the larger culture. And in my opinion, struggling partly because creativity and imagination had been put so far into the corner that those skills, which are the skills that are required to find new solutions, were just not available. Those muscles had atrophied. Well, at the same time, I was seeing within the art world a return to a desire for kind of um, common principles or a return to like ultimate truth, which is interesting in this kind of postmodern postmodern age that that there's this desire to go in, in art school to return to learning the basics, learning to copy the masters and to be able to get the basics down. Um, at the same time, they're also engaging more and more in art as social practice and engaging and starting to take on some of the questions and or continuing to take on the questions, um, you know, those existential questions of what it means to be human. And so I just felt like what, you know, these two worlds need each other. While these artists are exploring these things, they don't have this grounding or, or they're looking for a grounding in ultimate truth. And at the same time, churches are all about these existential questions and ultimate truth, and yet really, really struggling on how to do that in a way that's dynamic and that's engaging and that's um, meaningful in the lives of 21st century Christians and non-Christians and people. So what would happen if you could bring those two worlds together? So I'd started a theater company as part of my, my school where um, I was using the actual theater company itself was basically church. So the actors were the congregation and they were not Christians, but the material that we were doing was, um, was based on, it was about Dietrich Bonhoeffer. So there were all kinds of great theological questions that came out of that and we had dialogue and we had a conversation a dialogue talk back with the the audience after every show and that's what i thought i was going to do until these trustees for this restart approached me and asked what would you do 
if you were the pastor of this this congregation or if you started this church. And that's when I put together this crazy idea of uh, a space that would really serve as a resource to the local artistic community, not to Christian artists, but to artists in general, that we would ask the question, how can we be a resource? And of course, right away, the questions became, you know, uh, or the, the answers to that were affordable space and some professional resources and a community support nurture permission and then one of those those resources was a church and we really felt like it was important because we we went back and forth should this kind of be a parachurch organization or should it be a church that does this and we really felt at the time that it was important that there was something really meaningful to be said for a church to be saying we are going to put all of our resources all of our energy all of our effort into supporting what artists do in our local community because we inherently believe that the arts are a spiritual matter because we believe that what artists do is important and exploring the idea that being an artist could be a calling and what would it look like to um, be a space where artists were nurtured and brought up with a very different idea of what the church is, felt supported, and we're engaged in dialogue, um, and just kind of see what God would do in that mix. So that's where the idea for the name Convergence came from, of just this convergence of art and faith and different people coming into this space that we would sort of intersect and bump up against each other and collaborate and cross-pollinate and then go back out on different paths, and that that, that that would be better for everyone. If our church really came in constant contact with this artistic community, how would that shape the life of what it looks like to have a, a faith community? How would that shape our worship, our discipleship, our, our, commu- our community as a, as a congregation, and vice versa? How would coming into contact with local visual artists and performing artists and you know musicians and writers and photographers uh, supporting what they do how how would it be for them to constantly bump up against us in a loving and supporting way what impact would that make on the culture locally on them as people individually and just in their work as well so that was kind of the hope was that we would be able to experiment with uh, a form of church that was being developed or born out of a particular cultural context and and also that that would be a reciprocal relationship. So in our next episode, we'll take a deeper look at how this stuff has taken shape in our organization over the last 12 years, what we've learned, the mistakes that we've made, some of the exciting relationships and projects that we've been able to be a part of. And hopefully that will start to spark ideas and um, encouragement for you in what you're doing. So be sure to sign up for our email list so that you can get the notification about the next podcast, as well as receive emails from us about the new projects that we're getting ready to start. And as new and more information gets loaded up on the website, you can check us out at vergenow.org. Thanks for listening.